Welcome to the Art of Getting Your Shit Together podcast, where each week we help you identify the bullshit that's holding you back and discover the courage to take action to create a life you love and enjoy. Hi. Hi. Good afternoon. (laughs) How are you feeling? I'm feeling so much better. That's good. I had a week where I was out. Yes. Down for the count. Yes, you sounded a little bit nasally. (laughs) I was a little congested. I had to do a conference call and I felt like I was struggling to breathe. Like it was like my last time I was ever going to speak. I even got a text like, wow, you sounded terrible. I'm like, thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate that. (laughs) So I had this thought about this topic that I want to talk about today. And it's something that I personally have struggled with, as I'm sure many people out there listening today have struggled with and continue to wrestle with maybe frequently. And it's all or nothing thinking or black and white thinking. And I want to just take us through a little bit, like talking about what it is and how and why it's a problem. And then what we can do to become more aware of our thoughts and then try to change that. If we find ourselves falling into that pattern of thinking frequently Mm -hmm. I think as I get older and more life experience, it kind of lends itself to trying to think from other perspectives and not just think this is all or nothing. It's this or that. But I don't know. How about you? I know you're a coach, so you like don't really probably struggle with this as much as others. I used to struggle with it quite often. And as I became (laughs) responsible for people at work and then, yes, became a coach, I find myself, you know, it's much more fluid for me to be able to see others' perspectives. Mm -hmm. I think I was sharing with you the other day, I was like, sometimes I forget what my own opinion is because I'm like, tell me more. You know, I'm very neutral when I'm having conversations Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're constantly sharing different perspectives. And so I know what I'm thinking and I was just joking about, I'm like, gosh, I'm always validating others and talking about a variety of things in a variety of ways and having so many different opinions and beliefs and viewpoints that it's just, it's hard to have such extreme views for me because I see people living passionately in their reality that is not mine sometimes. And it's so real to them mm-hmm. and how they've carried these certain beliefs with them for so long and they don't even realize it. Yeah. And I think just like with you, as you get older, you have to check yourself because you've experienced things that will shake you to the core where you're like, holy shit. Yeah. And if you turn a blind eye to it or ignore it, then you're becoming ignorant, Yeah. right? You're you're just closing something off that could open so many doors for you. Yeah. And it's sad. So we're hoping this will open some doors. Yeah. And- Just so you're aware, I think everybody, every human, even the most woke human ever will experience this type of thinking every now and again. And we're going to talk about why that is. But first, before we talk more about that, I do want to talk a little bit more about what it is. So it's actually the psychological term in the psychology field, they call it splitting, which means, you know, you're splitting between two extreme viewpoints, either this or that. It's also called all or nothing thinking and black and white thinking or thinking in absolutes. 
dichotomous thinking is another thing. So we're going to kind of, I'll use these terms interchangeably throughout this whole episode, but basically it's the failure in a person's thinking to bring together the dichotomy of both positive and negative qualities of the self and others into a cohesive, realistic whole. And really what this is, is thinking in extremes, right? So it's a cognitive distortion because it keeps us from seeing the world as it often is, which is complex, nuanced, and it's full of all of these shades in between. And so most of us engage in this type of thinking from time to time. And the reason is survival. Because if we go back to our values and our beliefs, generally those are rooted at its core to some sort of survival. If you really dig and pull back all the layers on the onion, you know, one of my biggest values is certainty, right? And so a lot of my probably belief system is going to be surrounded in all these core things. And then when you shake me from that belief or when you come in with, if, if I'm thinking very absolutely about this one thing, you are threatening my survival. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think when Lindsay says, you know, you see people who are out there very passionate about whatever it is, you know, you might be very passionate about racing cars or something, and you might have some very extreme viewpoints on that. I don't know, just using a stupid <laughs> example, but when we get threatened in our survival, we can become very defensive and it can become easy to say, okay, you know what? There's a fork in the road. I need to choose a path. It's A or B. It's left or right, right? And we want to do that to survive. It taps into our fight or flight basically. But there's a reason we need to bring awareness to it and be cognizant of this happening because it actually can impact your relationships. It can impact your work and your career and it can disrupt your mental health completely. Like it can terrorize you really. It can be exhausting, constantly have to be an advocate for yourself. And it can be exhausting trying to fend off, you know, the rest of the beliefs or just, you know, staying put and staying where you are and then constantly thinking about all the other things and how maybe it's not right. It's not okay. And it may not be like, it may not be ethical. It may not be moral and it may go against all your values, but it's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And the world is so complex and we're not saying to just let it go and it's Mm going to be okay and great. You know, I'm going to go off on a whole tangent there and I'm I'm not going to, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just to say how much turmoil it can be to just stay put. It is. So one of the things I want to talk just really quick, I'm going to throw this out there before we move on, but there's conversation in the medical and psychological community that talks about, you know, referring to dichotomous thinking and polarized thinking in terms of black and white thinking can be a little controversial because people might think that we're referring to color and race. We're not. This is not about color or alluding to race or color or anything like that. In the slightest, we're using black and white because they're two extreme colors. You know, you have black, you have white. And then when you mix them together, you get all the shades in between, which is the gray area that we actually want to try to live in most of the time. And we will kind of fall into our black and white thinking. And I guess sometimes it is necessary because you actually have to survive, right? I'm not here to say that you should never think that way. But I am saying that if you think that way all the time, you probably need to you know, do something about it. So really quick, what it sounds like to be a black and white thinker. And these are the things that will alert you to know that your thoughts are becoming extreme using words like always, never, impossible, 
disaster, furious, ruined, or perfect. Of course, these words aren't really bad in and of themselves, but if you become more aware of yourself using them in your vocabulary or your thoughts, you might need to do a gut check and say, hey, am I falling into a lot of black and white thinking, all or nothing thinking now? And just check in with yourself. Remember that words matter. Yeah. I would always check myself because I used to use always all the time. And I would say often, sometimes, I would always try to – I would always. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. I would always try to check myself using always because words do matter. I didn't want to put everyone under an umbrella that it was always happening all of the time. This was happening often or was coming up several times. Frequently. Yeah. Yeah. Never. You never. You never. How often have we said that? You never take out Yikes. the trash. <laughs> Yikes, guys. Those are the two big ones, though, always and never. And I think those are the two easiest ones for us to just bleh, they come right out of our mouth. Because in our head, why? Because when something's been annoying you for so long, like somebody not taking out the trash, you're going to say, you never fucking take out the trash. <laughs> <laughs> and of course we want to use it. We're using it for emphasis, too. Yes. Yes. You're trying to be – you're being a little dramatic in that case, right? I want to talk a little bit about how it can be harmful. And then I want to talk about what you can do to bring yourself out of this thinking pattern. How it's harmful for relationships. We'll start there. So relationships between your family, your friends, your spouses, significant others, parents, your kids, they're complex and conflict within the relationship is inevitable. We are all going to get into arguments with somebody at some point, even if we love them very dearly right? Husbands, wives. Yes. Parents. Parents. Oh, seriously. (laughs) Even friends, you know, if we approach conflict with absolute thinking, we're going to probably draw the wrong conclusion about other people, or we're going to miss the opportunity to negotiate or even compromise, which I'm sure anyone who's been in an argument with their significant other could attest to that. Worse yet, it can make you become extreme and make extreme decisions in the moment or even about that other person. So what this might look like is moving them from, I'm using air quotes, the good person to the bad person. You might quit a job or fire somebody if you're thinking in absolutes or you're thinking and making rash decisions. You might break up a relationship because of it. And you might actually avoid genuine resolution of the issue because you can't come around to actually thinking outside of your own perspective, outside of that black or white category you've put yourself in. When it comes to relationships and having difficult conversations, I'm sure everyone can think of a time where they're having a conversation with someone and they are so frustrated because someone else won't see their side or consider their side. And so I think it's important just because that's happened to us doesn't mean that we have to do that to others. I would encourage everyone listening that next time that's happening, be curious be courageous in the conversation to consider the other side because we would want that for us from the other side. And even though it may have not happened in the past or it's not happening then, be that person. Take the higher road because it only takes one person in that conversation to shift the whole trajectory of where that conversation is going. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I just want everyone to keep that in mind. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. If you're in a relationship with somebody, I almost said a relationship. (laughs) If you're in a relationship, it might feel like a relationship. If you're in a relationship with somebody and 
they have so well. <laughs> yeah, if they think in extremes, it can be very exhausting and it can be mentally frustrating and it can be <sighs> cause all kinds of emotional upheaval because you can't ever win with that person. You can't ever come to an agreement or a consensus together because that person won't budge from their point of view. Mm-hmm. So that's very harmful to relationships. And a winner losing is also black and white thinking. If you feel like you have to come out of the conversation that you won, you got to check yourself there. Yeah. Good point. There is usually some kind of, I'm not going to say harmonious, but a good, healthy middle ground. Compromising is not backing down. It's not weakness. It's not that you're wrong and they were right or vice versa. It's just accepting what is Mm -hmm. sometimes. And it can be much more simpler. And one of my biggest pet peeves is the phrase agree to disagree Mm -hmm. because it feels so, again, you have your opinion. I have my opinion. We're not going to agree. But I'm like, okay, we don't have to agree. Yeah. But I don't, I also don't want to agree to disagree. I want to find a commonality between us that we both agree on and we can go from there and then work our way out to the things we disagree on and we can't come to a resolution on. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. I love it. I think that's one of my, ooh. Anyway, the next thing. When people say agree to disagree, that means they're just trying to shut down the conversation. They don't want to get into it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, which also lights me up because I'm like, you can't shut down no, the conversation. No, let's talk about it. Yeah. You want to talk about it? You wanted to talk about it? Let's talk let's about talk it. Let's talk about it. Let's get it out there. <laughs> and then I'll agree to it. It's also pa- – I feel like it's passive aggressive. It can be. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> That's my beef. All right. So another way that it can be harmful in your life is it can keep you from learning. Mm-hmm. How many of us have said or, you know, heard of, you know, I'm bad at math. I'm just not good at comprehension. You know what I'm, I'm not reading. creative. I'm not creative. I'm guilty of that one. Yeah, you are. <laughs> what but did I say to you? I said to you that's bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> She's like, Lindsay, that's bullshit. Okay. I still think that sometimes. And I have to change my thought and I you know, change the narrative and I do all the things I tell my clients, but it's hard. It's hard. It is hard. Yeah. When you believe that for so long, it's hard to shift that. That's a product from the success and failure mindset. We've been taught this for so long, especially in the way our schools are set up. You pass or fail, right? Our grading system, you know, an F through an A, an F is 50%. It's failing. And you're failing even though you gave half the effort, right? So you're technically probably average. Yeah. And you're still failing. It's still not good enough. Yeah. And it comes from, it's like win and lose, it's black and white, it's all or nothing. And I think a lot of times we want to like give our all, you know, you got to give your all, but the in-between matters, right? And that's really where the growth mindset comes in. So fixed and growth mindset. The fixed mindset is the belief where, you know, we have, you know, maybe innate abilities within us that we're good at. And then everything else is kind of left by the wayside. And it just is, you know, he's just natural at doing that. You know, he's just a natural athlete. Oh, he's just a natural math whiz. Mm -hmm. Well, a growth mindset, we all have to have it in some way because otherwise, if we're not focusing on what other areas that we need to work on, we would always be stuck. That's like saying an athlete who's tall, you just stay over there and just be good at being tall. <laughs> so good at being tall. <laughs> You're so really good at it. Short. Look at you. <laughs> You're tall all the time. 
<laughs> You're always tall. <laughs> but that athlete has to do so much more than just be tall, right? They may not be good at some you know, agility exercises. They may not be good with being a leader of the team and being able to rally their team. There could be so many other things. And that's where the growth mindset comes in. It really encourages students and others to recognize the progress towards a level of mastery and to see themselves moving closer to being able to do what they have set out to do, not being limited by what is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I struggle with some like labels, like some of the, I love tests and attitudinal, what is it like attitude and personality tests. I love them. But sometimes I feel like people hold on to that. Like, these are my strengths and I'm not good at these other things. Oh, yeah. And then they make excuses to why they can't do it. Well, you know, if we're going to use the example for like the Enneagram, we love the Enneagram. But Jenna's not going to say like, I'm a six and I, I get anxious, so I can't do this. It just gives me too much anxiety. That's bullshit. She's not, bullshit. She's yeah. not going to use that. But I can see how sometimes people want to hold on to that to say, well, I can't. Right? And that's black and white thinking. That's dichotomous thinking. Yep. So how else can it harm you? It can limit you in your career. Dichotomous thinking makes and sticks to rigidly defined categories. I've heard these all. My job, their job, my role, their role. That's not my job. Mm -hmm. You know, why didn't you do this? It's not my job. That's her case. That's her thing. That's his thing. What? Yeah. We're all in this together, right? So in many collaborative work environments, there are role shifts. So they expand, they reform, you know, they're always changing, right? And just, again, if we remain stagnant, we're never growing, we're never doing anything. So we have to be more fluid in some of our thinking, especially when it comes to our careers. If you're a leader, black and white thinking can also limit how you think about career prospects, And if you're an employee looking for potential places to work, that could also limit you as to where you think, you know, you'd be valued or you'd love your job. Yep. You know, during the 2008 financial crisis, many people lost their jobs. They held for a long time, whole sectors slowed down and stopped hiring. The crisis really forced people to look expansively at their skill sets rather than clinging to a rigid idea of what they could do. So again, going within, finding out what they could do because they were kind of being forced to. I think even now during this COVID pandemic, it's really shaken up companies to get creative and how they can still make a profit, how they can still support their teams, how people can work in different ways and still make an impact, right? So sadly, sometimes it comes with you know, an event that really uproots our norm and we are forced to shift where we discover these things, but how amazing would it be to discover them naturally in a more harmonious, what's the word I'm looking Organic. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. In a more organic way. Yeah. Well, I think it proves too that if you're ever feeling like you're stuck in this kind of thinking, you don't have to feel that way, that it's just always there. That's again, black and white thinking. However, we're resilient as a species. You know, we, our restaurant gets shut down. Well, I guess we're just going to do curbside. I guess we're just going to do delivery. What do we got to do? You know, can we freaking margaritas? Mm-hmm. What was it? The margarita kit? Yes. It was so amazing. Brilliant. I got to bring home an amazing box full of tequila, <laughs> limes, <laughs> the salt, pineapple juice, 
menu on how to make it, triple sec, all the things. But also how cool. And it was, it was a cool experience. It was an experience. If you can imagine that restaurant owner being like, oh man, we, we're a restaurant. It's what we are. We're this. We're one thing. And not thinking outside the box or expanding their thinking to include mm-hmm. some of the gray area that may or may not have existed prior, they would be out of business. They yeah. wouldn't be here. And honestly, so just as important as black and white thinking is to our survival, thinking in the gray area is too. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we have to force ourselves out of these two buckets into this uncomfortable space that challenges our thinking from either side so that we can come in and go, okay, I have this new normal. I have this new idea that came in and it's completely fucked with my confirmation bias of whatever type, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe your husband says, guess what? I took out the trash Monday, Thursday, Sunday, the Monday before that I roll the cans out and your confirmation bias has now just been completely screwed with because you thought in your head, no way. (laughs) (laughs) and here it is yeah and so you're going to be forced to have to come into this area and you have to figure out how to swim right i have one more thing on that yeah (sighs) there's so much here i know there is it's a lot to unpack we're letting all the cans out of the worms we're letting all the worms out of the can (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to this too when you're trying to think outside the box and of course this is really uncomfortable if you're really challenging your beliefs this can get deep and it can be a place where you do not want to go. However, a place that helps shift that so you can even fathom a new way or a new way of thinking or new belief, especially when it comes to work or you doing something tactful is thinking, I can do this or I get to do this rather than I can't. Thinking of all the things I can't do. I can't do this. I don't get to do this anymore. And being a victim in that, of course, you'll never think of what the possibilities are because you're stuck in victimhood. So we saw this in my industry during the pandemic, it was thinking about all the ways we could not serve the families anymore. We can't have full services. We can't do this. You know, how are we ever going to serve these families? What we could do and we can do is still show up, right? Still show compassion. Even if it is through FaceTime, we can stream services live because people aren't able to travel. We are able to do that and give the gift of saying goodbye, even if it isn't ideal right now. We are able to schedule services later so people can still have a memorial and come together at a later time. So it's finding, you know, some kind of light within it all to still serve. Yeah. That's and, a good point. and saying, what can I do rather than what can't I do? Or I I can't now. I'm not able to. Yeah. No. You can still do something. And what is that? And do just one thing. Just do the next right thing. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. That was a good point. So another way, and the last way that we're going to talk about right now, there's a million ways that this can disrupt your life thinking like this. But this one is probably, for most of us ladies out there, we've had these thoughts, but it can actually really be troubling and troublesome for our eating habits and our body image Mm -hmm. with this black and white thinking. So researchers have found that dichotomous thinking can lead people to create rigid dietary restraints, which can make it hard to maintain a healthy relationship with food. And for any of us who have had this type of thinking, it looks like this. Certain foods are good or bad. Remember, we went through that whole war on fat for the longest time. Like saturated fat is bad. Low fat, everything. Cholesterol is bad. And now we're still doing it. Carbs are bad. 
Yep. You know, too much protein is bad. Okay, so we villainize all kinds of things. And then guess what? If those things are bad and we partake in either eating those things or consuming those things or whatever, we are bad, right? Mm -hmm. And not to say that that's the truth, but that's the mentality that goes on within us. That can be a mental rabbit hole that can go down to all kinds of – like can go into eating disorders and body dysmorphia and all kinds of serious things that – I know I personally have struggled with those things. I had an eating disorder in high school and I still know people into adulthood, into their whole lives struggling with eating disorders or body dysmorphia. You can be looking at your own body and thinking it's either perfect or revolting. Mm -hmm. The binge purge cycle, that's extreme. That's all or nothing, right? We're going to eat all the food and then we're going to purge all the food. It's very destructive and... If there's anything that we can take away from this is if you are struggling with something like this, please seek some professional help because that's a little bit beyond like the mindset that comes in from just doing a shift. I mean, maybe if you're at the beginning of it or maybe if it's something you feel like you can control, but I would say, you know, when I went through it, I had to actually have somebody help me through some of the thoughts that I was having because that was deeply personal. Yeah. And it, it doesn't just affect your life sometimes like a political issue or a fight that you might have with your spouse every once in a while. This happens, like Jeremy Scott said in our podcast, you eat three to five meals a day, every single day, three, and you're 24 seven, all those. Five. Exactly. <laughs> and so you come up on this over and over, you know, mm-hmm. you, hopefully you bathe every day. You probably see a reflection in the mirror every day. So this is a very serious, tragic problem that we have these issues with black and white thinking with our bodies and our food. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I would challenge you that if you're struggling with that, please get help because you're valuable beyond any of that. So Amen. valuable. Like you, your life is worth living so much far beyond that or so far beyond that. I can't even use words. Your life is way beyond that. Seeking help and doing the work is 100% worth it. Yeah, it really is. It's a great segue into doing the work. So how can you change this kind of thinking, all or nothing thinking? So again, most importantly, if you really struggle with this on a consistent enough basis where it's disrupting your life on a very large level, you probably want to consult a mental health professional or, you know, counselor or something to talk through it and get some deeper help on relationships, food, your mood, anything. These three things I found helpful for me. I've tried one of them, but the others I'm like, man, I'm going, this is going to be my go-to list. If this happens to me, when I should say this happens to me again. So helpful methods, try to separate what you do from who you are. When we equate our performance on a single metric to overall growth, we're going to become vulnerable to black and white thinking. Mm -hmm. So I'm good or bad because I succeeded or failed that type of thing. You want to separate what you do from who you are. That's something that I have personally been working on. And that is a lifelong thing, guys. That's not like you wake up tomorrow and suddenly you're completely great about separating what you do from who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Because we really put our identity and a lot of stake in who we are as people and what we do. It's Mm -hmm. almost, it's why when people go into retirement, there's such a high depression rate. You can't separate yourself from who you were then Mm -hmm. and what that makes you. So just try to really think about that next time you're really down on yourself about 
black and white thinking and how that affects like who you are at your core. This one I think is amazing, but you can list options when you find yourself falling into black and white thinking. So if black and white thinking has locked you into only two outcomes or possibilities as an exercise, write down as many other options as you can possibly imagine. So, and if you're having a hard time just coming up with as many as possible, start coming up with three alternatives at first. So if you're like, saturated fat is bad. Maybe you could say, okay, that's one viewpoint. Or the other one could be, it's good. Or maybe it's good sometimes. Maybe it's good in moderation. Maybe it's good in certain ratios. You know, maybe you can start to think a little bit more fluidly and play in the gray area Mm -hmm. and then make a decision. Yes. And it's not harmful at all to just put that down on paper and play around in the sandbox. One might stick out the most and it's a much healthier way of thinking where you can get closer to even something that you want to think like going back to the body thing. I love my body or hate my body. You know, Brooke Castillo talks about, you know, her middle ground is I have a body and -hmm. it could be, I'm learning to like my body. I'm learning to love my body. My body's not so bad. It's my only body. Right. And just thinking of your body in a different light. So one can stand out. My body does so much for me. Yeah. And holding on to one of those that stands out for you. So you can then start to believe it and it can start to shift that perspective. So you just can start to feel better sooner. Yeah. I love that. That's a good example. So practice reality reminders. When you feel paralyzed by black and white thinking, say or write small factual statements. Like there are several ways I can solve this problem. I'll make a better decision if, if I take the time to get more information. Or both of us may be partially right. <laughs> I love that one. That's such a good one. I love that I'm going to use that one in my next argument with Jake. <laughs> Watch out, Jake. Both of us may be partially right. That is so much better than let's agree to disagree. disagree. Yes. Isn't it? Man. Kyle and I say that a lot. He's like, you're right on some points. And I understand that. You're right on some points. You understand it. And I always say, you're a grown human. You can believe whatever you want. And so am I. And we're trying to understand, but we're not always going to agree. But we're always like, we acknowledge each other's like fierceness in our viewpoints. Yeah. Yeah. I get worked up. And I think it's important to note that we're not asking you to dumb down your beliefs or the things you're passionate about. If you're really passionate about something, you can be passionate about it. The acknowledgement that somebody might have a different idea than you And that there may be some gray area and then it might not all work out the way you think it's going to work out is that's a healthier place to be than just shutting down because you have your viewpoint and they're wrong. You see the difference there? So one thing that I want to bring up to close all this and kind of put a bow on it is Glennon Doyle, who's our homegirl right now. Just I love her so much. And if you don't know who she is, she authors... I don't know how many books she's authored now, but she's an author and she's basically a continuous learner of life. And then she shares that those learnings with the rest of the world. That's the best way I could describe her. And the way she writes it, it's like, it's a play on her stories that can like, it just resonates with all of you. Yeah. Of all of who you Anyone are. Anyone can relate to the way she tells a story because she's being so raw and real in the way she's telling these stories that- Most of us being human in the world could have experienced or will experience or know someone who's experienced. So she has said this idea best for years. And I quote her, 
We don't have to be either or. We can be and both. From a young age, she was a study in paradox and, and a living embodiment of what continues to be her favorite principle of and both, which holds that two seemingly contradictory things can be true at the same time, which about makes your brain explode. <laughs> she has another quote that I love as she says, life is brutal, but it's also beautiful. It's brutal. If you reject the brutal, you're rejecting the beauty too. And I think that there is so much in the gray area that we throw the baby out with the bathwater because we're set on thinking one thing. Life isn't always beautiful, Jenna. Life is brutal. But is life always brutal? No. Because life is also beautiful. Can we have both? Can it be brutal and beautiful? Yeah, it can be. Can you have a political thought but also acknowledge somebody else's? Can you feel a certain way on a social issue? Can you have an argument with your spouse about the trash and find this common ground between you? You know, she uses this a lot in political and social context because she's also an activist. And I love when I see her comments on other people's kind of controversial posts where it's an either or thing or it's a very black and white thing, very polarized, Mm -hmm. right? We as a society are very polarized and it's not just America, it's the world. And she will write and both. And I love it because I'm like, you know what? It forces me to stop because sometimes that rocks my confirmation bias bubble. Yep. And I'm like, ooh, that doesn't feel good because all these things that I've believed for so long, whatever it is, it could be something very minor. But you have to first acknowledge in your heart that you might not have been right forever about this thing that you thought you were so fucking right about. And that alone has a a feeling, right? Are you feeling it? Because I'm feeling it. I'm giddy right now that I love this stuff. So, but you know, like, tell me all things. But you know that feeling. Oh, yeah. When you're like, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. So I've had this opinion and I've been whatever about it. And maybe it's not an opinion. Maybe you based it on some solid research and you really have a value around it or whatever it is. Maybe you feel like. I don't know. I can't think of anything that's not super crazy controversial right now, but whatever it is, you might have to think something else. Oh, here's one. Here's one that I think a lot of people have heard. Either the government is totally great. It's amazing. We want the government to do all the things or no, we don't want any government. (laughs) Anti-government. Those are two major extremes, right? And I'm like, why can't we live here in the middle? (laughs) Why can't we think both things? Like the government can be really nasty on some things and really great for other things. Why can't we have both and both, right? Mm-hmm. That was a lazy example, but it's, it's a great example. It's a good one. Like it, it's a good because you hear it a lot. But we have a lot of things going on right now in society and that will always be, right? You're going to have conflicts with people. You're going to have things that come through and shake you up and make you think differently. And you you have a choice at that point. You can choose to be like, uh, I'm not going to an- acknowledge those new facts, this new set of information that's come into my periphery. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to keep on thinking the way I've thought. Or you can stop and acknowledge that and think, maybe I can think what I think and both. We can and both this right now. Mm-hmm. I think the world is just a better place when we can live like that. And we can make space for all of those ideas. Because rarely is a solution or a thing black and white. Exactly. 
was I saying it to you? There's only two things that are at certain it's death and taxes. Yep. We think that we have certainty in life. We think that this is for sure a real thing, or this is for sure absolutely over here. But really, we don't. It's all this false, like things that we've just made up in our own heads. We just need to learn to play in the gray area. Yeah. It's a beautiful way of collaborating. Yeah. I know that probably right after you get into listening to this podcast, you're going to be challenged with this. Now that it's in your brain to look for the seed. Yeah. You're going to want to water it. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely are. And it annoys people because I think part of this too, you can become kind of a devil's advocate when you start thinking like this more and people are like, I don't need a devil's advocate. I just need to, I just need you to agree with me. (laughs) I don't need you to tell me different viewpoints. I just need you to agree with me. And if you are thinking like that, stop, take a breath, figure out why you need that validation so badly. Mm -hmm. Is it okay if you just both have ideas that are good? It's absolutely fantastic if you do. Thank God people have different ideas. Yes. And thank God people have different viewpoints. And thank God people can compromise and live symbiotically among each other with these different thoughts and beliefs. The trash will get taken out. It may just have to be you. Somebody will have to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Sometimes we just have to pick our battles with those. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That is part of it too is picking your battles. But yeah. So anyway, my dear ones that have struggled with black and lightweight thinking, it's not the end. It's just awareness. And if you really struggle, please maybe consider talking to somebody because your thoughts can be freed. You can actually feel better and not have to You have to work on it a little bit more. You don't have to wrestle with it so much. It's so much more freeing, less exhausting. Yeah. Awesome. It's good. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. Great. (laughs) I I love it. (laughs) I think one of the things I'm going to use this on is the types of dessert. When you go to dessert, this is a great first exercise. What do you want? I want cheesecake and a lava cake and both. And both. And I want to eat it first. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm just getting greedy. (laughs) I love it. All right. Please, if you haven't followed us on Instagram, it's tagist underscore Instagram. Come follow us over there. Tagist underscore podcast. Sorry. Yeah. Tagist underscore podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's the end of the day. (laughs) It's a Monday. Do you have a case (laughs) of the Mondays? I do. It is a Monday. Uh, Tagist underscore podcast. And, um, that reminds me the other day I said, I can't remember what it was, but I was, I wasn't making sense. I think I snapped you and Powell and I said something like, I always snack while I eat. (laughs) I was was cooking and I said, I always snack while I eat. (laughs) I meant to say, I always snack when I cook. And I was like, but I do also always snack (laughs) when I eat. (laughs) Anyway, that just reminded me of the Instagram. Tagus underscore Instagram. Okay. Tagus underscore podcast. And then on Facebook, we are the art of getting your shit together. VIP tribe. Come join us over there. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five star. We love you for it. Yes. And until next time. Thank you. Start thinking in the gray. The 50 shades of gray. It's my favorite color. <laughs> Bye. I'll see you later. The Art of Getting Your Shit Together is produced and edited by LD Coaching and Blush Cactus Boutique Design Studio. 
We would love it if you'd head over to iTunes and subscribe, leave us five stars and write a quick review. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends so that we can continue to grow our tribe. Tag us on Instagram at tagist underscore podcast with your shares and we'll feature you on our story. Don't forget to grab our free guide, five things you can do right now to get your shit together and start living your best life over at tagist.com slash kick more ass. Remember, your life only gets better when you decide to grow and it's never too late to get your shit together.